Did you know that the cause of health issues with so many dogs is their food? That was so astounding for me to find out because I tend to think my dog Mojo eats pretty well until I really researched the ingredients. And actress Katherine Heigl, who's helped save over 16,000 dogs through her foundation, says she's seeing more health issues with dogs than ever before. So she decided to create something she could actually feel good about feeding her dogs. It's called Superfood Complete. Superfood Complete is made with over 30 of the healthiest ingredients on the planet, including several superfoods vital to your dog's health. I actually love giving Mojo this as a topper. It's like an extra treat for him. And I feel good that there are no fillers and it's air-dried, so it retains more nutrients. Dogs across America are trying this food and experiencing amazing health benefits, and so can your fur baby. Go to Badlands Ranch slash Datable and order right now to get up to 50% off your regular price order with a 90-day money-back guarantee. If you want your dog to experience all these incredible things, go to B-A-D-L-A-N-D-S ranch.com slash D-A-T-E-A-B-L-E today. The Dateable Podcast is hosted by me, I'm Yue, a former dating coach in New York turned active dater in San Francisco. On each episode, you'll hear commentary by my producer, Julie Kraftchik, and other surprise co-hosts. everyone, welcome to another episode of Dateable, a show all about modern dating. So we're doing a check-in episode where we are reaching out to some of your favorite guests to see what's new with them. All right, let's start with our first past guest, Sam. Whenever I say your name, I just want to sing it. It's just like very melodic for some reason. Sam. Got that perfect uh, one syllable to be able to hit whatever pitch you need. How are you? I'm doing great. Uh, just starting to prep up for the burn, do the Burning Man thing. Yeah, but, burn. Uh, otherwise, yes. that's my big thing at the moment. So we haven't caught up with you in a long time. You're all the way back from season two, episode four, in an episode called Are We Asking Too Much of Tinder? And just as a reminder, a refresher for our listeners, what happened in this episode was Sam told us about a story where he met this girl on Tinder and it seemed like they had a really cool online connection. He planned this first date with her where it was something very romantic on a rooftop um, rooftop park where you made lunch for both of you. Shrimp salad, right? Yep, yep. Wait, shrimp salad or scallops? Uh, scallops. 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 Scallop, okay. Scallop is just a little bit more shishi than shrimp. It really is. Take it to the <laughs> next level. Bougie, <laughs> you basically had me a scallop as is, but then you add on this rooftop park. It just sounded so perfect. Anyway, the girl never ended up showing up. So you reached out to her again, giving her a second chance, and she um, asked you to meet her at this bar where she was DJing. And it felt like that she was basically promoting herself as a DJ because there was another guy there who was also there to see her. It's safe to say you never saw her again, but is it safe to say you never saw her again? Yeah, that, that, is, that is definitely safe to say. We, are, we have not hung out. Um, I think what's interesting about that episode, the reason why we called it Are We Asking Too Much of Tinder is that are we expecting too much from people that we meet on these dating apps or should these these sort of meetups and dates be more casual. And I think our conclusion was no, I think people should just be more accountable for their actions and treat each other with respect. So where are you these days when it comes to dating? So I think, uh, so 
so two two answers to those parts. Um, Perfect. So I've I've recently like more heavily back on the market and things and looking out looking out there for something real and everything in San Francisco. Uh, but I, th- I think where where I might disagree with you, UA, would be um, in terms of uh, the how we utilize the dating apps. I think where I've now changed my tune or approach uh-huh. is that I, I approach the first date as being the are you a real person and like uh-huh. are you somebody who can be accountable mm-hmm. the and that's like the, the, that's the weeding factor that's like weed out like the bad eggs and then date two is where I'm likely to be more uh, inventive and come up with something fun for the date mm. uh, and do you find that to be a more effective use of your time totally way more um, because, well, for, in a, in a couple of ways, um, one, I don't end up spending a lot of time planning a date for somebody who turns out to have like no similar interests, none of, uh, there's, where there's no possibility of it becoming something real, right. which, uh, which I think for especially apps like Tinder or Bumble or whatever, it's way too easy for that to happen because you, you don't know anything really about the person beforehand. Right. Uh, okay. Keep it less, less so because you have all of that more information it gives you. But, uh, the, the other aspect of it is that, um, I, I dated one girl in, in San Francisco for a bit. And one of the issues we ran into is that because I had been on a number of internet dates and so had she, every time we went to do something romantic, We'd already like been on that date with somebody else before. Oh, <laughs> that is definitely an interesting oh. like outcome of serial dating that I never yeah. really thought about. Yeah. Well, especially if you're doing internet dating where each date is a first date. And, like, why am I wasting all the best dates in San Francisco on somebody who like I don't know? Right. You know, what? it's really interesting that you say this because I think there's twofold to it. Like we have talked to people that have said this really is a first meet. Like if you mm-hmm. met someone out in the real world, that wouldn't be a date the first time you met them. Right. So this is kind of treating it the same way. And if you change your mindset with that, that's one approach. Mm-hmm. I think totally. the other thing I'm taking away from this, if you're a female and your date isn't like off the charts for date one, maybe it's nothing more than a reflection of this different mentality of just meeting and they might step up their game in subsequent dates if it becomes something right well also the consequence of all of this is that we did talk to several people who say that you know some people are not receptive to a very elaborate first date because they're just not used to it it's not the status quo anymore we're like so used to casual first dates they don't want to get stuck with someone they don't i was i went on a date once for dinner with the first date from one app and it was painful because you got stuck there so it's just dinner dinner dates are the worst (laughs) but this is my one question to everyone though why are you spending the time and energy meeting people in real life for these pre-dates when you could just call them on the phone and you gather the same sort of information don't you think i I don't know I, i feel like in the same way that texting someone if you don't know them by text, you have a lot of, like, loss of communication, and so, like, uh, irony doesn't come through as well, comedy yeah. doesn't come through as well, and so it's, it feels weird. I think the same thing happens with voice, to a lesser extent, like, voice is, mo- is 20 times better than text, but then, like, when I see a person face-to-face, when I see, like, the way they smile, the way they giggle, the way, like, how our banter develops, 
you can do that over the phone, but I think it works even better with video. Maybe video chatting, maybe that'd be the solution. But, uh, but yeah, I think like the the closer to in person it is, the faster I can determine if I I like or don't like a person. I could see that because you don't know how to interpret the way they talk as much. Right. Yeah, but there's been so many first dates that I was like, I could have eliminated this entire experience (laughs) if I just called them on the phone and realized that this person is a mute, you know? Yeah, I think it's like the edge case ones, but maybe if you just do the pre-screen and then go in still, if they're like, if you're on the edge, maybe it's worth meeting them in person. Yeah. Well, and similarly, like, I, I would love to see more more ways to like filter people out on whatever internet dating methods people are using uh like that's i think that was the one true brilliance of okcupid is i found in my of of my friends and people who i've dated in the past who i didn't meet through okcupid if later on we've like found each other on okcupid and been like oh well that's silly like after we've broken up Anyone who I decided to really date has always been an incredibly high match, like mm. 95% or more. The more I can whittle people down to, like, the people who I at least get along with on a belief level and, like, a interests and, like, what long-term Values. goals are, yeah. then at least, like, then at least I know, like, I'm going to like them as a person. Right. Right. So are They're you... not secretly a Trump supporter or something. <laughs> <laughs> are you a serial dating right now? Uh... I, I guess uh, maybe it's more parallel rather than serial. Um, <laughs> like <laughs> San Francisco, is. after all. Uh, so I'd say at the moment, I'm casually dating, but uh, the goal is certainly to be more focusedly dating. What does that mean? Uh, I would prefer to be seeing one person, but uh, mm-hmm. until I... Like I'm more uh, casually seeing people until I meet that person and decide which, uh, and to get to know people, to know which one I might like. And what happened to the girl that you were just seeing? Oh, we we ran into the whole uh, like non-monogamy and how that plays out issue and like spiral downwards, you know, (laughs) the San Francisco standard trap. Of course. (laughs) I'm so mixed on this like approach that you just mentioned, like not to, like I, on one side, I totally get what you're saying about saving your time and not planning these elaborate dates, especially for men that are paying for them. I totally get that. But then at the other side, it's like we complain that we're not giving people enough of a chance yeah. and, like, really putting our best foot forward. So, like, what, what's the line? Well, I think, I think you can, if you know very little about the person going into it, you can have your hard deal breakers that you can quickly rule people out for. Uh, like, for me, one of my hardest deal breakers, like, the, the worst dates I've ever been on have always been where we just have nothing to talk about. Mm. We're stuck sitting there staring at each other. And like, I can talk to a brick wall. Yeah, you so, can. I've seen it. <laughs> <laughs> so if, if I have trouble having a conversation with somebody, like, we're, we have real problems. <laughs> and, and so I've been stuck on a couple of those dates. And I don't need to give that a second round. Like, I know right there, this is not the one for me. I get where, you, where you're conflicted, Julie, because I think... The reason why we're doing this to ourselves is because we don't put much weight on that first date. So if it doesn't go well, we're like, whatever, it was just a drink. I have another date planned for right after this or like tomorrow, right? But what's happening is that we're not put, because we are not putting so much weight on these dates, they're kind of risk-free that we don't actually put in as much as an investment on that person. And 
you know, if we're not investing time on that person on a first date, then they do become commodities and they, we, we are able to just never text them again or call them again. So I really think people need to pick much better who they go on first dates with. Even though you think it's casual, you're still investing your time, energy, and money. And right. that's still an investment. It's not casual. There are still risks involved. And so you should be filtering better and picking better and not think of it as just, oh, it's just a casual meetup. Because at the end of the day, it's not a casual meetup. Where you're trying to find love, it's not that casual. It should be more invested. Or if it is casual, that's what you end up with. That's true, yeah. I think, I think we have the issue of like we need to have better strategies for how we then make sure the people we do pick to spend more time with are uh, leading in the right direction. Absolutely. Whatever is, yeah. whatever the direction we want is. I feel like this just keeps coming up. It does. It's like just the age-old question of yeah. like, what do we do in these times? Yes, exactly. <laughs> it won't be answered, but at least we're discussing it right now. Yeah. you got to find your own approach that works right. for you. That's really the only answer. <laughs> so Sam, on your uh, when you were on the show last time, we put a link to your Tinder profile. Would you oh, yeah. like for us to do that for you again? Sure. <laughs> Let's find love out there. Or people could always write in. They could always they write could in. Always Let's write find in. Sam love. You're looking for a monogamous <laughs> relationship? Yeah, ostensibly. Or at least as much as San Francisco gets to be. Ostensibly. <laughs> it Sensible is a weird monogamy. city. <laughs> do they get extra points if they're a DJ or do they lose points? <laughs> it's it's <laughs> <laughs> Okay, well, um, if you're listening to this and you're a sensible monogamist, you should definitely contact <laughs> Sam or reach out to us and we'll put you in touch. Thanks so much for the update, Sam. Great talking to you guys. And Heidi, Heidi, how are you? Um, I'm doing. I'm doing well. <laughs> Since we recorded your episode, which was from season four, episode sixteen, called "Why You Cannot Find the One," which, by the way, is probably one of the, if not the most popular episode. Yeah, we've people had. always <laughs> comment about it and how well spoken you were. So. I think we had a, quite a few people write in and say, can you connect me with Heidi? Because I really want to pick her brain about a similar topic. Um, so what's been happening? What's what's your update? <laughs> the update that I just made public. <laughs> <laughs> um, so my update is that um, the person that I had been seeing off and on for the last year and a half now um, has just moved in with me. Mm-hmm. And kind of a expedited relationship is I am very pregnant. Oh, <laughs> wow. how many months? Uh, seven and a half. Wow. Yeah, yeah, and it's a standard case of not the linear fairy tale relationship where everything's set and we had you know all of our time and we got all the kinks out and you know, decided to get engaged and then get married and then live together and then talk about babies, right? Everything kind of <laughs> happened um, in a very nonlinear fashion. <laughs> yeah. But isn't that the way things work these days? It's sort of like you. so much could happen in the course of a year, in the course of a month, 
and things get expedited. We've had friends who were extremely single, still dancing on bars one week, and then next week shacked up with someone. And like you, know, you. <laughs> here I was participating in wet t-shirt contests, and now I'm like, you know, not, not that a dog. Far, but no. Still. <laughs> no, but things can yeah. happen in a very non-linear fashion. So, do you know the sex of your baby? Are you revealing that yet? Oh yeah, it's a little girl. Congrats. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, it was, it was, it was quite a surprise, but you know, it took some adjustment time. Um, but you know, now, now that we've kind of settled in and, and embraced it, um, we're both really happy, you know, we're thinking about all the great things and adventures we can take her on and stuff we can do together. And, you know, we're both, we're both pretty committed to living a fun, adventurous life with her. And he has a little boy too, um, that's almost four, so um, it'll kind of be a, a patchwork to family, but um, but a, but a really happy one, and it'll it'll be a quilt that keeps us warm. <laughs> so, how did this pregnancy change your dynamic? Well, in the beginning, it wasn't something we were ready for, right? It just our relationship wasn't in that place. We had just gotten back together after taking some, you know, some some time off, and um, you know had hoped that we would have a lot more time together for adventures and far off travel to all those Zika infused countries. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And we actually had plans, you know, to go to all these places and then we kind of had to, had to change them. So it it was an adjustment period of, you know, not being sure we were ready and this is happening all too soon. You know, um, is it the right time? Um, I went through quite a few hurdles, took, you know, went through a lot of soul searching, I think. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, just kind of both independently came to the conclusion that, um, nope, we're, we're in and it'll be a different model. You know, we don't feel a need to get married, at least not right now. Mm -hmm. Um, but let's, let's try and see if we can, we can make something work and and create something that's ours and that's unique and, and not feel any pressure to do what society seems to tell us we need to do. And have you always wanted children? or is it... I'd, I'd frozen my eggs. Okay. <laughs> it's kind of hilarious to know that all that anxiety that's fed <laughs> to women, you know, as they get into their later, mid to late 30s about fertility mm-hmm. is, is a lot of hype, right? Yeah. It's, our, our bodies are a lot more capable than we think when we're not stressing um, about about pregnancy. So, yeah, I did. I just, I just didn't know exactly how or when it was going to happen. I thought, you know, if it was going to happen for us, it would be... It would be a little ways out. I can only answer this question if you feel comfortable answering, but what was that initial breaking of the news to him? How did that conversation go down? Um, he, it, it was good. He had, just, he had just been away on a ski trip, so I wanted to wait to tell him in person when he was back. And, yeah, he was jet-like, so we were up early in the morning just, you know, laying there talking and... Uh, She's like, okay, I have something to tell you. And, uh, and he was great. And, you know, he just processed information and is very positive about it. And, um, you know, he's not the type of person that's going to, you know, freak out or, or make someone feel bad. It's, it, you know, we're, we're both, we both took our time to think through what this would mean and if we were ready. And it, it, took, it took a lot of time and soul searching to get there. And have you guys talked about this before, having kids in the future? 
Um, we knew, I mean, we, he knew it was something that, that I, I mean, he, like I said, he already has a son. He knew it was something that I wanted, mm-hmm. but, um, we hadn't like made definite plans or anything. It was more just something that was out there. How's the pregnancy going? <laughs> um, it's okay. Like I'm feeling more and more uncomfortable right now <laughs> uh, as I'm getting larger. Uh, the first trimester, as most women can attest to, is is not fun at all because you're so exhausted all the time. Mm. Um, and you're just starting to notice all these body changes and hormones and you're feeling sick. And then you feel kind of like a rock star in your second trimester because comparatively it's so much better. And then by the time the third one comes around, you start to kind of slow down again. But we were just in Hawaii. We just got back from Hawaii. So one of the things that everyone loves so much about your episode was just all the wisdom that you kind of distilled on us Mm -hmm. about finding the one and like not using the list and all of that. What wisdom have you gotten from this experience? Um, (laughs) the more you think you have your life under control, the more, um, it'll, I don't know, it'll, it'll go crazy on you. The more you try to control things, the more out of control they'll get. And the things you worry about aren't the things that end up actually happening. Right. Exactly. And I think, you know, as far as relationships go, I think, you know, patience and forgiveness, I think I've learned a lot of too, because, because it wasn't a natural progression. It it was hard. I mean, it's hard to know that you're not ready or someone else isn't ready or you're not in the right place. And I think giving someone patience and forgiving them for not being perfect all the time or forgiving yourself for not being perfect or life for not being perfect is is really important. So I think I learned a lot of that, um, through this. And I think that's really important for people to understand. I think a lot of people, both men and women are really in a rush to force someone into a relationship and to be this perfect person and dote on them and, do everything at once and they get all been out of shape if someone mm-hmm. needs space or someone needs to process or someone needs to go slower and they turn really needy and you know neediness isn't isn't love at all right yeah. so patience is love and forgiveness is love and all of those other things um and I, I think you know taking the time to kind of work through that and understand what's really important and allowing space and time so we could kind of reach our own conclusion Mm-hmm. was was a huge learning right and and, and different than I, I'd probably been in the past I think I was much more impatient for everything to be perfect and someone to go at my pace before right so did, was this a surprise because you used protection or is this a surprise that you, it just wasn't planned and you didn't think it was going to happen this quickly <laughs> okay, got it. Enough said. And I love that you said you got your eggs frozen because eighty um, percent of people who get their eggs frozen end up not using their frozen eggs. So it's a it's more of a mental thing than anything else for women yeah. to do that. Yeah, exactly. So I know I wish I had that money now, but <laughs> <laughs> no refunds. <laughs> I know by crib by like. 
almost buy a whole nursery wing for that money. But. Seriously. Maybe you can donate those yes. eggs. Or, or yeah. sell them. <laughs> the, the, the alternative lifestyle. Is there a black market <laughs> for true. frozen eggs, unused frozen eggs? Oh, I'm sure. <laughs> okay, I'm down. Let's start this business. Well, thank you, Heidi, for checking in with us. Congratulations. This is very yeah. exciting. We can't wait Great. to meet your baby girl. Harrison, you're from season four, episode two, in an episode called Hashtag Millennial, because you're our resident millennial. You're our connection <laughs> to that generation. Even though Julie and well, I both I'm turning all... 26 soon. I'm turning yeah. 26 soon. Oh my God, Am I still so millennial at that age? Yeah, you're still a millennial. I mean, technically, okay. we're millennials, but I don't feel like And also, you're going to... do you, you do know that you're going to be a millennial... No matter what age right. you are, because that's the name of your generation. It's not like you're going to be better. You don't grow out of it. I, yeah. <laughs> I do forget about that. Like I'll be, I'll be in my forties or even fifties. Yeah, you'll be a millennial. I'll still be a millennial, right? Yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> is it? Is Can it you crazy? imagine what the world's gonna look like when millennials are old? Your emoji game is on point. You yeah. taught us some really Ooh. good ones that I've been using, like the prayer one. I've oh, been yeah. using that a lot. The, the glasses. The glasses <laughs> I, I have not used at all. You haven't used the glasses? No. What's the latest? Right. What's the latest emoji? Let me, let me, well, let me, let me pull up my frequently used ones I've been going with lately. Oh, yeah. What's your top um, three right now? So it looks like, you know the one where your hand is at your chin or the emoji's hand, like you're questioning something? Oh, like the, hmm. Yeah. That's like a good the, one. yeah, what, what's going on? This is interesting. So apparently I've been using that pretty often lately. Star, there's a star and a heart. Then I have the wink, of course. The wink? To. The wink. The wink. The wink, wink. That's so basic of <laughs> You can't go wrong with the wink. What kind of um, but honestly, and sadly, I've been very single lately, so I haven't really had too many, too many days to use these emojis with. So I'm, I'm still, still out there looking. Mm-hmm. So I was like, remember I was talking about that ex girlfriend? Yes. Refresh so our we kind of, which was really dumb, but I kind of started seeing her again for yeah, I, I don't so. know a couple <laughs> months. It, it was inevitably going to add horribly and it was like even worse than I could imagine um which was bad so that just happened now I'm back in the game uh I think like because she was always there I I wasn't really proactive about trying to meet someone new and now that it's like finally finally done um I'm kind of just getting back out there I met someone the other night at a cool cool nightlife event got her number we were supposed to have drinks last night, but I think she's flaking, so who knows. Like, if you have an ex or someone in your life that's not even, like, a real boyfriend or yeah. girlfriend, like, it's really hard to meet someone else if you're preoccupied. What did I tell you last time? I told you, Harrison. I was like, you need to cut out of your life. I know. It was life. dumb. It was dumb. Why did it not work out the second time? I don't know. We just kept, we kept trying to make it work, and the issues, like, the dark parts of her and I guess us would always come out like there would be great moments and then a couple hours later it would just shit would hit the fan like 
yelling at me when we're in line at a club because there's a line. Like, why, why are you yelling? It's not a big deal. Shit like that. So it was just, I don't know, it was just a whole mess. And, and now I feel like I'm entering a new phase of dating because I did, when I first moved to San Francisco, I did the apps for like a year. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, I met someone, and obviously, I did the whole broadcast of my date thing. <laughs> then I had this experience, and then I had this experience, which was on and off for a year, which is crazy to think about. Um, but I haven't been on like a new first date in like probably close to a year. So now it's a new phase. I'm not really doing the app thing. I'm kind of just chilling. I don't, and just um, just gotta like put myself out there, I guess, right? Well, well, what would the experts from Dateable Podcast recommend? Well, the last time, before we get to that, the last time I saw you was when we were filming the Sponsor a Single video. <laughs> I don't think something. I found a sponsor. I think you were... <laughs> no sponsor for you yet. We're still working on it. We're still working on it. Go back to jail. Um, you were saying something that was really interesting because... You, you were walking with my boyfriend and I, who could, who's older right. should be your dad. We established that. And you were saying something about, like... He's a cool guy. I, I approve. You have my stamp of approval. But you were saying something that he and I both uh, could not stop discussing right after, was that you liked a girl, you guys, like, had hung out, and you weren't sure if she liked you back. But based on her social media activity, you felt like she liked you because she watched all your Snapchats and liked your Instagram posts. Is this still your metric for deciding if someone's into you or not? (laughs) It's a great question and 100%. I mean, that's the way you stay connected. Obviously, texting is, I mean, if we're texting back and forth, that's as clear as can be. But if she's not watching my Snapchats or throwing in an Instagram like every now and then, does she even care? Does she even care about me? What if she's not um, active on social media or is she just discounted immediately? So that actually just happened. I met this so I met this woman on Saturday and of course after getting her number and her name I looked her up on every social platform. Of course. Yeah. Couldn't find her. Um, ended up like so the way I found her, she I found her LinkedIn I don't know if that's creepy or not, but, like... Everyone does it. Everyone does it. I couldn't find her on Facebook or Instagram, so I went to her LinkedIn. But if if this actually turned into something, it might... I don't know if it would if it would cause an issue, but, like, that's how I stay connected with a lot of people today. Deal breaker. Even though I have been calling... Even though I have been, like, calling more often. Harrison, give us a rundown of what's in, what's out. Is Snapchat still cool? Is it social? In your Snapchat's world. Snapchat's still cool, but... Yeah, Snapchat's so cool. I think it's losing some of the spice to Instagram stories, but because Instagram is not really for, like, the private one-to-one, maybe if it gets a little racy, you know, you guys are, like, texting or sending some <laughs> some promiscuous pic, Instagram is not really right for that, so Snapchat will always have a place for that type of... I used to have Snapchat and Instagram, and I felt like it was double the work oh. to post to both. So then I just yeah. went all the way to Instagram. Now, how do you decide which platform to post your stories on? It's a great question. So Instagram story, it's somewhere that, I don't know, like I'm at this really cool, swanky after show for Catronada. So, or after outside, like, no idea. Catronada at the, at the oh, Battery. You're a really cool DJ. 
like that that's the type of environment where you're going Instagram story because mm. you're kind of celebrating the fact that you're you're kind of like in the in the scene. Mm, yep. Snapchat it's still mostly personal moments, I'd say. Like quirks that all my good friends know about me. So Instagram is more for uh, if you want to brag about something, and Snapchat is more like if you just want to show people the mundane things you do in your daily life. So I was with I, think so. I was with a millennial this weekend. Sorry to cheat on you, but he oh. <laughs> he basically said that Instagram was like your creative canvas to express yourself, where Snapchat was more to communicate. I would somewhat agree with that. What about dating? Twitter depends what stage of the of the courting we're talking about. Oh, oh beginning <laughs> beginning stage. What do you use? Let's go let's go through the entire life stage. Okay, so first up first up is without a doubt, I, I think it's Instagram these days for me. Mm. Um I, I think it's Instagram. It used to be Facebook, but now it's Instagram. We're gonna follow each other, preferably while we're together. I think it's a nice little quirky thing to get to know someone. Like follow each other while you're with the other person. Um, and then you can kind of like, oh my God, you did that, or you were in Bali too. Wow, that's crazy. <laughs> For all the guys listening, like it's smooth. It's pretty oh my smooth. God, your generation um, is so fucked. <laughs> Wait, what was that? Nothing, nothing. You'll hear uh, the playback. Okay, okay. Um, <laughs> and all right, so then after that, probably Snapchat. Um, but you got to be careful with Snapchat. I think. Like, some of those nuances or quirks that I was talking about, maybe you're not ready to share those with the other person. Mm. So, be careful with that. And then probably Facebook towards the end, honestly. Like, it's just... Yeah, I mean, you're still going to look each other up on Facebook early, but the same time it's just not the same anymore so harrison what else is going on in your life because we know you were at facebook you left facebook yeah so i'm working well i'm working on brunch media full-time now awesome Um, so we're yeah it's it's exciting i mean it's challenging because everyone is trying to create like great content today um but i finally have a new a new team i have a rock star co-founder who's like an awesome video producer and we're we're trying to create like web series about SF life, not just dating, but nice. everything, you know, nice. that's, uh, that's kind of what's going down in my life. One final thought, I guess, slash question. That's kind of interesting. Uh-huh. Um, so a lot of my friends are breaking up recently, 25, 26, 27. Quarter life crisis. Yeah. It, is it, it mm-hmm. is that just what it is? I yeah. mean, I feel that people who are together right now, they're either, they're either saying like, all right, we're going to do this for the next three to four years and then we're going to get married or cut the cord right now. It makes sense. What do you guys, what do you guys say to those those quarter life crisis people who are freaking out about everything and can't just be happy day to day? Yeah, I, I totally um, see where that comes from because personally speaking at 25, 25 to 26 was my most tumultuous time to date because I wasn't sure what I wanted to do professionally. I didn't know if the guy I was with was the one. I had a lot of questions. So it was a lot of, um, that's when I quit my corporate job to pursue another career because I, or to go off on my own because I, I felt like I wasn't fulfilled at work. So it was a lot of, a lot of milestones happened during that time. And one of them was, you know, breaking up with someone. 
You know what it is? You don't fully know uh, yourself then. So, like, you start to question a lot, and a lot, some, if totally. you're in a relationship, then often that person is questioned. Yep. So I think it totally makes sense, especially if some of these people sure. have been with someone for a couple years, like when you're, like, 21, 22, you're not really thinking about the future with someone. Like, you're just like, oh, I have a fun boyfriend or girlfriend. And then, like, 25, 26 hits, and you're like, is this the person I'm going to be with, or do I want to explore more? So I think it just opens up some questions. Yep. Yeah, wow, I love it. From the expert. And for any listeners, you know, my DMs are still open. So feel free to reach out. Uh, um, so, nice yeah, plug, no. nice plug. Love Who it. knows what'll happen. Okay, awesome. cool. Thanks, Harrison, for taking some time right, out of your you millennial life. Ben and Kate. Hello, <laughs> Ben and Kate. I feel like we've seen you guys so much that it's almost like we don't really need a check-in. But our, our, our listeners <laughs> need to know what the hell is happening with you guys. So Ben and Kate are from Season 3, Episode 8, in an episode called Married with Options. Now they're in a polyamorous marriage, and they talk about, um, in this episode specifically, what it's like to be in a marriage where your husband is swiping on Tinder next to you in bed sometimes. And also you go on dates with other people and how you establish those boundaries as well as some guidelines on how to have a a poly relationship. So Ben and Kate, what's the latest with you guys? I I got sort of dumped on Wednesday, so I'm not feeling great about that. Yeah. Yeah, you guys are on the on the bleeding edge of the news here. Yeah. <laughs> what happened? Uh, dumped is a strong word. We really only went on one date, but like there was somebody that I've known for a couple of months and he's made so many efforts to find reasons to talk to me. Like he reached out and said, Oh, I know that you're having this event and you could use my house as a location. Like, why don't you come over and take a look and see if it'd be a good enough location? I'm like, okay. And then, you know, we had like almost like a very civil business meeting. And then another time I was hosting an event at uh, SF pride and he like stopped by the event. He like went out of his way to come and spend time with me. So I'm like thinking, okay, this guy's really into me. And then finally he asked me on a proper date. And I said, yes, I would be excited to go on a date with you. Mm-hmm. So I go on this one date, we have sex. It was great. And then he leaves town for his like vacation for two weeks. And I sent him a couple of like sexy messages. Like I sexted him a few times and he just like no response. Hmm. And finally he's like, Oh, you know, I just sleep a lot and I go to bed at like 9 PM. What? And I'm like, 80? He's like, I don't know, like maybe 40, like, sure, whatever, we're all getting older, like, fine, maybe this is what that's like. No, my boyfriend goes to bed at like nine, (laughs) so that that makes sense, yeah. I asked that too. (laughs) Not that weird, weird, But finally, I sent him a message at like, and there's a little more to the story, but it's too much detail to bother with, but finally, I send him like a sex at like 11 in the morning as kind of a joke, because I'm expecting him to get back to me, and then I can be like, aha, like... Finally, if I get to you at 11 in the morning, it's, you know, it's early enough for you. But instead, he didn't write back at all for, like, five hours. So I said, I wrote him, I was like, look, you know, I get it. 
it's, I feel like this is a pretty strong signal that you're not interested and that's totally okay. Like, I hope we can still be friendly. Um, I don't want, you know, I I don't want you to feel like I'm going to be upset at all. Just if you're interested, I'm going to leave the ball in your court and you can just text me when you're back from your vacation if, if you're interested at all, which I thought was like a super classy way to handle that kind of situation. Oh, well then it gets worse. Do you want to hear the worst part? Oh yeah, there's, it gets worse. Okay. <laughs> He's like, you're overreacting. I'm just dating like three girls right now and I didn't have time to get back to you. Wow. That's honesty. So yeah, it's like, okay, so you've got this pile of women and I'm like bottom bitch. I'm sorry, pardon my French. Uh, <laughs> but like that didn't make me feel good. So I told him that and then he freaked out. Like, oh my God, you're talking about feelings and all that. And I'm just, just like, all right, this is, this is totally over. It was unfortunate. Um, I feel like one of the things that I try to do in our poly relationship is like be really open and honest about what I am feeling. Like not oh, this is your fault, or oh, you need to fix it, or oh, you caused this, but just like, hey, I'm feeling this way, mm-hmm, and yeah. like try to be real first with myself, and then with my partners about that, so that like majorly backfired in this situation, so mm-hmm. it was interesting. You know what's so interesting to me about this whole thing is like, I feel like your story just, like it sounds like people that are dating without a husband, yeah. right? Yeah. Like them getting <laughs> caught up on it, I'm like trying to think about it it's so interesting that you have the same like levels of feelings and whatnot for definitely everyone you date but I, it's so natural for me to think well, but Kate you get to go home to Ben like, right <laughs> the so then the better side of or the part of this and that we I talk think, about everything yeah mm-hmm. so at the end of that story is I go home and cry on Ben's shoulder and he like makes me feel better and pours me champagne so <laughs> you and he brought me uh, what did you bring home from dinner last night oh I brought home pate from from my date yeah, he <laughs> and he and his the woman he was on a date with came back to the house with pate and and champagne wow. and like sat and talked with me at the dinner table while I like cried about being Aww. sort of broken up with and they both made I, each other. I, I can't even imagine being that woman and going home that night calling up my mom <laughs> and being like, "Hey mom, guess what? I had a great date tonight. I went home with him and met his wife and consoled her. <laughs> and she was upset because she got dumped. Yeah. She got dumped. No, no, no. <laughs> Her husband came to pick her up. Oh, wait. Oh, okay. So she's, yeah, he's great. Yeah. All right. So everyone has someone to go home to. So boo-hoo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Now, Ben, how did you try to console Kate? I mean, aside from the champagne and the uh, leftover <laughs> food from your date, <laughs> how else do you console your wife who is brokenhearted? <laughs> you know, it's, it's tough because I... Uh, you know, I've been having much better luck recently, and I think that's been getting kicked out a little bit. <laughs> that's got to happen in poly relationships, oh, yeah. where one person could be having an amazing dating life, and the other one could be totally, having horrible Totally, because it goes life. in ebbs and flows with everyone. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and there's really no rhyme or reason to it. Um, <laughs> so, I, you know, I, I don't... I feel like I actually have a lot of, of work to do in the how to console my wife in these situations mm-hmm. department because I, for me, I'm a problem solver. I'm an engineer, and when I when I see a problem with a solution that's obvious to me, I'm like, well, of course, you should just do this. Like, what's the problem? <laughs> and so I, I did some of that, and it was not well received. I appreciated it. it just didn't make me feel any better. <laughs> yeah, so I've I've been uh, just trying to be really empathetic and and listen. And, and reassure because, uh, you know, I, I, I feel like this, this too shall pass and I'm, 
uh, just trying to be supportive. Totally. What's going on in your life, your dating life, Ben? Um, I started uh, going on, you know, the occasional date with uh, with this woman. It's it's been a, a couple of months now, I think. Oh, nice. Uh, um, and we just have a really good time. Um, after the first date, we started texting like every day. So I, you know. If nothing else, I have a new best friend that I talk to all the time, which is a lot of fun. Is this the same as the pate girl? <laughs> yes. Okay. Yes, okay. <laughs> Just making sure. Who has a husband? Yes. Yes, okay. she has a husband. She's forever uh, going to be the pate girl. Right. <laughs> no, she has a husband uh, and, a, and a child. And it's, you know, it's like, cool. Like, you have a family, I have a family. Like, we, we I feel like we understand each other a lot better for, for both of us having prior commitments. Yeah. I was going to say, is it easier to date people that are also married and poly? I find that it is because it's not such a shock to them when it's right. like, oh, hey, my wife had a really bad day. Like, I really have to take care of her right now. Right. 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 Uh, I almost wanted to ask you such a basic question like, oh, so are you guys exclusive now? But then I had to pinch myself <laughs> and say, no, 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 no. That's not, that's that's not, not the question. Works. That's yeah. how it works. Force of habit, I guess, right? <laughs> Um, I do want to go back to Kate really quickly before we wrap this up. So for our listeners, um, I guess they don't know, Kate was hitting on one of our guests. Oh, yeah. (laughs) She was recording the Yellow Fever episode. In the Yellow Fever episode, Kate was hitting on one of the guests, and they went on a few different dates. I know the outcome of this, but why don't you update our listeners on what happened with, with that guy? Yeah, no, I'm actually, I'm so glad that I met him. He is a wonderful person and we did go on a few dates and we had a really good time. I didn't feel like there was like a whole bunch of chemistry there. Um, and then some kind of personal stuff actually happened in our life. So it Mm kind of like fizzled out, but, um, I absolutely would go like hang out with him as friends. Actually, he, you guys actually reminded me, he reached out to me like three weeks ago and asked if I wanted to go grab coffee and just like catch up. I totally want to do that. So I need to get back to him. Um, but yeah, I made a new friend and, you know, it was, it was really, it was really nice. Did you invite him to the parties too? I don't remember. Well, yeah. speaking, speaking of the parties, <laughs> so I think we should tell everyone now that you guys are about to have a play party soon. And um, Julie and I are going to be attending. <laughs> We're going to be doing an episode, so everyone get psyched for this. Yeah, I'm personally very intrigued. I'm also a little nervous. I'm a nervous, I'm, intrigued. I'm I have a lot of range of emotions going through. But. but the beauty of this episode is not only are we going to record audio, that is, of um, Ben sex and party. epic yeah. sex party, <laughs> but we're also bringing someone who is a complete rookie in this scene, and we're going to get her perspective of what it's like to go to a sex party for the first time. She has no background, which is amazing. Except for she's had a lot of sex. So maybe that's enough background. (laughs) (laughs) To go to a sex party. Well, yeah. Just not that's about not necessarily a, pre- a prerequisite, but yeah, that's that's good. true. That's true. It's true. You're right. Season five coming at you. Sex party. I just hear you guys have amazing cheese at your sex parties, right? And that's what I'm really looking for. And we've heard to. people got job offers. So. <laughs> yeah. Who knows what's uh, gonna happen? Included, yes. <laughs> Who knows what's gonna happen? It's be the best party ever. I'm probably gonna be the only one that walks out with like something totally unrelated to sex. Well, not the only one because apparently everyone does. Yeah. Well. I hope I hope I hope you get something sort of related to sex. <laughs> Julie walks I out. Mean, she's like, "Oh, I learned something about quantum physics." <laughs> like, "Oh, that's awesome, Julie." But how was that sex? 
that was happening um, all around. We did have a physics teacher in attendance at our last party. Oh, oh so really? Could oh, so there it you go. Happen. Absolutely you know? could. And more, the more you know. There was <laughs> okay. one time that Ben was having this really like animated conversation from with this woman, and she had been introduced to me as a stripper, which was her her. She was an exotic dancer as her like night job, I guess. But by day, she was a she was. What did she do? An astrophysicist. Yeah. What? <laughs> wow. And I look over, and she and Ben are like flailing hands, and there's this animated conversation. I'm like, wow, you must just, she, wow. Wow. <laughs> okay, so this could happen for me. Yeah. <laughs> or, well, okay, we can't wait. I'm going to um, do lots of jumping jacks right now. Just get all revved up for your sex party. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, well, we will, hear, we will hear more from you guys soon. It's exactly <laughs> smart to you. Thank you guys so much. Thanks, guys. Bye. Good luck with Bye. dating. Bye. So we really want to say a huge thank you to everyone who helped us on voting and commenting on our South by Southwest panel. So just as a refresher, we've applied to create a panel for South by Southwest next year on the topic of the future of online dating with virtual reality. We've assembled an incredible group of people who have very opposing views on whether virtual reality is going to help us or hinder us when it comes to finding love. So to make this panel a reality, we have to go through several steps. And the first step is an online public vote. It counts for 30% of the final decision, and we really appreciate everyone who's helped us vote and also comment on the page. If you haven't done so yet, please help us upvote our panel discussion because we feel that this intersection of technology and dating should really be discussed in an open format. The future of dating is going to involve more and more technology, whether we like it or not. So it's extremely important for us to have an open discussion and a candid discussion about both sides of the story and how we can proceed with caution. Again, the goal of our podcast is to help each other be better and smarter daters and also just be better human beings to each other. So we felt that this topic would be really fitting with what we've already discussed on our podcast. To connect with us, visit datablepodcast.com. You can also find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, all under Datable Podcast. <laughs>